My name is Ross Church. I'm a third secretary of the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade, which is a fancy word for a, a starting off diplomat. My as I said, current posting is in the press office. And so what I'm here to talk to you about, rather than um, podcasting, but in terms of opportunities within the Simon Cumbers Media Fund. So the Simon Cumbers Media Fund was set up 10 years ago this year in memory of the, the late Simon Cumbers. I'm not sure if any of you knew him. I I never did, but it's something that now dominates a lot of my, of my work. Simon Cummers was a journalist and cameraman who was murdered in 2004 in Saudi Arabia. So this, the idea of a, a fund to, was already in train with the Department of Foreign Affairs and, and through Irish Aid. Then with the coinciding of, of Simon Cummers' death, we approached his family. And so in cooperation with his family, the, the Simon Cummers Media Fund was set up. The reason why it was set up was to, to promote better uh, and more development journalism. So journalism and writing and broadcasting on the developing world. The reason for that was because of, there was a, a, huge, a huge gap in it. And it sort of didn't match with what was there in terms of, say, popular support for both Ireland's official development program through Irish Aid, but also, you know, anecdotally through you know, spontaneous donations to, to the developing world in terms of appeals, say for the tsunami or, or famines or, you know, refugee crises. Irish people have a, a, a long and, and strong tradition of giving money and support in that way, both going back through missionaries, through people volunteering themselves, through NGOs and so on. So the problem was, was that much of the coverage in, in the media about the developing world was reactionary in terms of when there is there a crisis, when is there a famine or a conflict and so on, rather than there being consistent reporting of what life is like in the developing world. And again, the perspective was, was, was very much what are we doing for, let, you know, for, for most, let's say, African countries, sub-Saharan African countries, rather than what is life actually like in these countries. So that was the, the motivation of setting up of the fund. In terms of you know, day-to-day, -day, how you apply for the fund. Any freelancer, journalist, whoever can apply for, for the fund. Um, there are two main funding rounds a year. The deadline for the, the summer round um, is the 15th of May <coughs> coming up. We also then have a winter round, and we also developed a, a dedicated student round. So we have sort of three, three cycles per year. In terms of the main fund, as I said, any journalist or broadcaster or freelancer can apply. You must have a, a commitment letter from a, an editor or a sub-editor or a broadcaster to say that they commit to, to writing or to publishing your piece. It must be in a, a developing country. That doesn't have to be Africa. It doesn't have to be any of Ireland's countries where we have an embassy or where we have a programme. For the student scheme, we do specify it must be one of those countries just because the idea of the student scheme is to try and bring the, bring the students on and they are obviously less, less experienced. So for the main fund, any developing country in the world, there can be a, a bit of consultation to what defines a developing country. Say, for example, we had an application the last round that was based on Turkey in relation to, say, the Syrian refugee crisis. That didn't get accepted because the focus was very much on a Turkish perspective rather than on uh, a refugee post uh, or because of the Syrian crisis. So the, the funding is... Average is between three and four thousand euro. That covers your your flights, your accommodation, vaccines, visas. It doesn't cover staff costs or, or third party costs. 
the majority of applications are single applications, so just you yourself. We do allow joint ones if they are done, um, if a, you know, a strong reason is given. For example, if you are bringing a photographer with you, there is a strong case for that to be made, then that can be done within a, a, a joint application. What is not covered, as I said, it's not, staff costs aren't covered, retrospective costing isn't, isn't covered either. So it's everything um, that you do, and it has to be within your application. When you, if and when you are awarded, you get 70% of, of the funding. And then once the piece is printed or broadcast and all your uh, expenses are in, you get the, the other 30%. Just uh, on the uh, word on the judging panel, it is made up of Bob Collins from the BAI, Rodney Rice, former broadcaster, Brian Fury, Louise Ambrona Cumbers, who uh, Simon Cumbers' uh, mother and wife, and representative of the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade, which is currently myself. The fund itself is administered by DHR Communications. They don't do PR for the department. They are as consultants for administrating the actual fund. So they will be your main point of contact in terms of what you need. What we then offer from the department is that you can, if you so wish, come in to have a briefing with our experts on the particular country in terms of safety, in terms of visa processes, in terms of up-to-date political or, 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 or travel advice for that country. And that likewise, when you go in-country, if we have an embassy there, they are always more than happy to meet with those awarded. We don't consider applications of a campaigning nature, so they can't just be about one particular NGO. They can be about one topic, but if you, say for example, want to go to uh, Ethiopia and uh, look at the work of one NGO or one, one group, that is inadmissible because, again, it's, it's too much of a campaigning nature. The, uh, oh, where you can't go, any country that has a do not travel from on our Department of Foreign Affairs travel advice, we, we won't consider. So, for example, Syria, uh, Somalia, Libya, anywhere that says do not travel on our advice, again, in any citizen, we, we, go, we don't stop you traveling, we just advise you not to. But because this is public money that is funded through, through Irish aid and the Department of Foreign Affairs and trade, we can't say that we will fund you to travel to somewhere we're advising you not to travel. That is probably the, 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 the gist of what I have to say. We do give preference to, to applications that focus on our nine key priority countries, so that there's eight in Sub-Saharan Africa and Vietnam, so that's Ethiopia, Tanzania, Uganda, Kenya, Sierra Leone, Lesotho, Zambia. They are all on, on, our, um, on the information. You don't have to go to those countries, but preference is given to them. But we have had applications and winners going to, to Gaza, to South America, to different parts of Asia, different parts of Africa. So again, there's probably lots of questions that you would have that I, we might take all together if you had any of them. Maybe Francesca? Um, in terms of just, uh, you say you don't fund uh, staffing element, do you, would you allow somebody to build in a day rate as a producer or to edit? Or do you just cover flights, accommodation? Yeah, no, so we wouldn't cover that, but we wouldn't cover the production cost. But for what we would cover in terms of staff, if you need a local fixer or translator, that is covered. You know, your fixer translator could be your driver as well, so that, that is covered, not the not production staff costs. And, and are you open to co-funded projects? Would you, how would you, um, if somebody approached you and said, I have part funding for something, but I'd like cumbers to match it, would you be open to that? So they're, they're single funded. Uh, can I ask you, um, I should say, I have a heart of uh, government funding for any kind of journalism. That's just my, um, my bias. 
But is there, and, and maybe you dealt with it and I missed it, but, but what if you don't like what I write? What, what can you do? do will, you, will you want to vet my copy? Um, no. No? No. I mean, your application, there's a, a PDF application form, which, which is what you must apply through, through the Simon Cumbers website. And that sets out, it, it gives what, you know, your treatment of the piece, what you expect to cover, how you will do it, what we also now, because the Millennium Development Goals are still valid until September, and that is sort of the backbone of what they should focus on. But, you know, you, you should tr set out and you are awarded the funding on the basis of your application. And it's done, it's done in good faith. And, you know, your article will have or has to have it, the Simon Cumbers logo on it saying that this was funded by the, or supported by the Simon Cumbers Media Fund. There's no, we don't, of course not. Uh, there's, it, it doesn't get that 1984 um, of, of government proofing copy. Uh, so, no. If there's never, well, not that there's never, there has been probably one very high profile um, documentary that was made the prime time on, on Uganda that, that uncovered fraud within a government office in, in Uganda. So, of course, that was funded by the Simon Cummings Fund, but I mean, we obviously totally respect independent journalism and we do not look at your copy before going to print. I would just say, in terms of government funding, uh, it is a very unique type of, of funding. Into, I'm not sure if there's any other department that does it. But having said that, from our perspective, there's both a demand from journalists to do it and there's support from, from broadcasts and publications. And there's also, again, it was done because of the overall support in Ireland and the Irish public for development and the work that NGOs and civil society and the official government programme do, but the coverage of it is, as I said, sometimes reactionary in terms of it's only when there's a, a famine or a crisis uh, and so, so on. I suppose what's significant here is you're talking to a room of freelancers, so the notion of staff is somewhat irrelevant. Uh, you, you, do, you don't pay for people's time to do this, you just pay for expenses, is that right? Yeah, correct. So your, your flights, accommodation, visas, vaccines, and then, you know, as I said, if you need a fixer or a translator, um, or your travel costs in country as well. So it's, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't cover your, your potential loss of income if you're out of the country for, for 10 days or two weeks. That's the other thing, there's no, the, the limit per application is 10,000. As I said, the average is between three and four. If it's over, I think 6,300, you have to provide a taxer to the, to the administrator. The average stay in country is about 10 to 14 days. If someone puts in the application that they're going for six weeks, that won't be looked fairly by the, by the judging panel because they're wondering, is this a story that can be done within 10 days or, 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 or two weeks? What's on for government? I suppose, I wouldn't say what's in it for us. Again, we have a very well-respected aid programme. The government's Irish aid is internationally renowned. The most recent report from the OECD said that we continue to punch above our weight, that we are a leader in this. It's something that I think we can be proud of as something that reflects Irish values abroad. So what's there is that you have a, you know, writing on the work that Irish taxpayers' money goes to do, shows the accountability, the transparency of that. It also probably gives an awareness among a wider group of journalists about 
the work in the developing world, about issues in the developing world, about you know, current state of, of the developing world. And as well, I think it re probably re reflects more the reality in terms of it's not all famine, floods, and, and complete poverty. While they remain, there is a, a, a different perspective of day-to-day -day life in Africa. So it gives an opportunity for a wider Irish audience to read about development and be interested in it through different <coughs> channels. You know, if people, we've had people writing about sports articles, we've had people write about uh, up-and-coming businesses, technology. So that is, you know, it just gives a broader perspective of where Irish people's money goes, either via, via NGOs or via, the, via Irish aid. But I think it, it just it gives a different perspective on the developing world and day-to-day and -day life. So the suspicion is some, something along the line of the chair. I mean, a good press has to be a flea in the government's back. I don't know anybody yet that's praised a flea on its back. That's certainly one opinion, but again, as I say, there is a demand for, from journalists to do this. It is a, a popular scheme. We get about 70 applications a year for, for funding. So it is, there is a demand from, from journalists to write about this, and we're, we're happy to oblige. And as I said, there's no oversight from us at all of what is, is, is written. The judging panel is completely independent. Uh, out of the uh, six members on it, only one is from the government. So, I mean, you have the Cumbers family, you have Bob Collins from DI, Brian Fury and Rodney Rice, and then the, the, the current government person or department person, which is me. So, you, you know, you can't, or you, you know, it's an independent, the, ju the judges are based, or the judgments and the wards are based on, you know, a unanimous opinion of, of the panel. Can I just ask you, to the 70 applications, how many were funded? About 40. So sort of in each round, you would get about 20 or so who would, who would be funded. And then in the students, the way the student scheme done this year, we did it slightly different. We got 19 applications. We shortlisted the five. And then tomorrow we have interviews with, with, with the students. So we can draw out their ideas a bit more and sort of test, not them, but test the water of how comfortable they would be. Yeah, because sometimes if you, if you give an award to a, a young 19, 20, 21 year old undergrad, um, and then they go into a particular country and things happen, you know, I think it's, and as well, the students are mentored by um, Paddy Smith, uh, Della Kilroy, and Sue Hall. So those from the Irish Times, News Talk, and Storyful, they are the three winners are actually mentored with them and, and their pieces are guaranteed in, in, the, in those publications. I probably was a bit unfair to Ross. I mean, no, no, other, no other speaker has been set up by the <laughs> chair in the way that I have done so. I should explain that it's not out of any hostility to him, but I thought it was a good idea that we tested what he had to say. So it's, uh, there's no, uh, no, 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 no as animosity a or well, you stood in a, a press office. <laughs> We've got another few minutes. If you want them to ask more questions, if you really need to get up and if, if you have any leftover questions from the other two speakers, maybe. Can I, I forgot one thing yeah. I mentioned. It's not the sign course one, but under the. The government launched its diaspora strategy two weeks ago, and there will be a, a media fund uh, based on diaspora issues. Uh, but again, like 
things in, in, in government strategies, it sort of will be done. So there's no full details of that yet. Yeah. Uh, if you were going to a country and spending 14 days and maybe spending the next six weeks editing a radio documentary or a print piece, um, you're doing a lot of work for no money, basically. So I think your fund appeals a lot more to people who have a salary in working in a news organization. Um, so as a freelancer, if I go and make a radio documentary with your fund, can I sell the documentary I've made to a radio outlet? Well, before you would be funded, you would you would have a commitment letter from a radio outlet to say that they will broadcast your documentary. I think the question is... And can I sell it to them if they are broadcasting it? Who owns the copyright? Uh, the copyright is with you as a journalist, but afterwards you undertake that it can be used for promotion of the of the fund. But I think in terms of selling it, no, you, it must be the one that you have applied with. How do you mean? If News Talk gave me a broadcast agreement letter, can I have an agreement in place with News Talk that they pay me a certain amount of money for the seven weeks or eight weeks? Of uh, I don't. I think that should should be okay. I'd have to double check on that, and I can push, get a direct answer on that. But um, I I don't know off the top of my head. So otherwise, it's, okay. it's seven or eight works of completely unpaid work where my expenses are reimbursed. But again, that's. Your, your choice and your decision to apply for it. Because it wasn't always that way with the fund. It, what there was before it mutated into the, ch the name change became Simon Grummer's fund. There was a fund there which did pay the journalist or the documentary maker to It would probably help if you, um, Ross, gave us, uh, reminded us to remind people of the session at Ivy House yeah. where yeah. these questions can be. So that's the, the 16th of April. The 16th of April, yes. And, and I'll post that up on the website as well. Will you? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. And, and because I, I think there are technical questions that we're not just not getting to, and the people who are interested could get Yeah, and the, um, the invitation for that will go out from the, from the fund itself. So. Um, that go, they have their, their own distribution list for, for journalists. Uh, just another point, in terms of when you, you get 70% when you're funded, and then you, you must start uh, the work on the piece within six months, and then it, it should be it should be finalized and broadcast um, after 18 months, but it has known to be stretched to 24. Another question there. Yeah. Just a quick one. That, that new media fund based on diaspora issues sounds very interesting. Will you be um, doing an information day on that? Ready yeah, we will be. Uh, but again, the policy was only launched two weeks ago, so these were just sort of, you know, promises within the policy. Um, but yeah, we will do the same sort of sort of thing on, on that. So that will be based sort of journalists abroad, Irish journalists here going to different areas where there's a diaspora community and reporting on, on stories from, from there. Um, I'd like to thank all three uh, speakers. Um, uh, if I go back for a moment to Gareth and Colm, I think uh, I think they did a very good job of dovetailing their presentation so that you, you there wasn't a repetition. <coughs> Colm effortlessly seemed to pick up where Gareth had left off. I certainly learned a great deal from it. and. Uh, I've already thanked Ross for his uh, very useful um, 
uh, presentation. So I think I think we leave it there. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.